We're in this series called Last Days, Last Days. And one of the things I miss in this season has been sports. As we've shut down everything, and I, I, I love sports. I, matter of fact, I, I miss that we didn't have the Olympics. I, I like the Olympics. Anybody else like to watch the Olympics? I, I, I watch stuff I've never watched before, you know, and every, every year, and you know, like bobsledding and stuff. I'm like, you know, I don't know what that game is. They're hitting something down the, down the ice, you know. It's not, a, not, not hockey. I know what that is, but something they're hitting down the ice. I, I love watching. I just watch it and tune in. And I love watching gymnastics. Now, I don't watch gymnastics any other time except during the Olympics, but I love it, and they're doing all these gymnastics and the judges are putting their scores up. The scores come up after they get judged. And I love watching it. I even watch diving. And I, I, I don't normally watch diving, but during the Olympics, I like watching them dive and doing all those dives. And, and then you see the judges get... They get the scores on, on what the what what, what they uh, that the, their number was on on how well they did, and then whoever wins the competition, they get a gold medal, and then then the next person gets a silver, then third place gets a bronze, and so I just love that, and and I hear that NBA is going to happen. They say they sound like they're going to bring NBA back, and looking forward to watching that. I think there's going to be a preseason that starts this week, and looking forward to that. And uh, one thing I love about the NBA is the slam dunk contest. Uh, anybody else like watching the slam dunk contest? How about online? You like you like watching the slam? I love watching the slam dunk contest every year, and and I I've, I have it ranked who I believe the top five dunkers are that's ever dunked the basketball in a slam dunk contest. I'm going to give you my top five, and I want to see if it lines up with your top five list. The top five dunkers in the NBA, I think the first is Dominique Wilkins. He's my number five. Anybody remember Dominique? He was a power dunker. I mean, he brought power in, and I love watching the judges. You know what I mean? Somebody, you know, Dominique, one of them judges, they put that one way, you know. 10. You know what I mean? I love, watch, I love watching the judges every year. They kind of pull the cards out and, and tell you what, 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 the, what, what they think the person got. But I think Dominique was always a 9 or a 10. He was such a great dunker. My, my fourth dunker, I got one young buck that made my list and that is Zach Levine. Anybody know, remember Zach Levine? He was a great dunker, man. And that guy would dunk and the judges would oftentimes give him a 10 or, or at least a lot of times got, gave him a 9. He's a, just a great dunker. My, 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 my third dunker of all time is Spud Webb. Anybody remember little Spud Webb? Five foot eight. Five foot eight, but that brother could get up. You know what I'm saying? And, and then you watch all the judges. You know, you know, there's always a goofy judge. You know what I'm saying? There's always one goofy. Like, like man, you know Spud. So they, they, they don't pull out an eight. They end up pulling out a, a two. You're like, man, put that two away. That five foot eight dude got up and dunked the basketball. Anybody ever disagree with the judges? You know what I'm talking about? You're like, man, you don't know what you're talking about. And, and let's listen, my number, my number four dunker. Uh, uh, really, it's my number two dunker of all time. Here it goes. Vince Carter. Come on. Who? I mean, Vince Carter. Could, come on. Ten all the way, somebody. Come on. No, that's an eight. That's an eight. Come on. Come on. Come on. Ten all the way. I'm like the judges on television now, aren't I? Huh? A ten all the way. Come on. Anybody know who my favorite dunker of all time is? Yeah, I did. Michael Jordan. Come on. Ten. Ten. Come on. Online. Come on. Right. Who's your favorite dunker online? Is it Michael Jordan? I think my. Anybody else? Go ahead, put throw your hands up. If you think Michael Jordan is the best dunker of all times? The rest of you, the Lord rebuke you in Jesus' name. <laughs> 
You don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> Michael Jordan could dunk the basketball, y'all. I, I love it. I love watching the judges score it. And then after the score, the score, that the, the, the person would win the NBA's slam dunk contest. And of course, they're, 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 the, they're, they're they voted the champion. They're the best dunker. They get prizes, sometimes a car and extra money and just the accolades of I'm the best dunker in the NBA. And what I want to talk to you about today is the, 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 the most important rewards that we could ever receive are the rewards of heaven. Can I tell you, winning a slam dunk contest or winning the gymnastics gold medal can't compare to the rewards that we get to receive when we get to heaven and we get to stand before our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Is there anybody else looking forward to heaven? Come on online. Are you looking forward to heaven? Oh, the rewards of heaven. And the Bible says for Christ followers that one day we're going to stand before the throne room of God and we're going to be judged and rewarded for our life on earth. Matter of fact, the scripture teaches that every single person who has ever lived on the earth will be judged. And the Bible teaches us about two, two judgments, two judgments. Let me give these to you really quickly. The first judgment is the great white throne judgment. Great white throne. That's the unbelievers judgment who people that don't know the Lord will be judged. And we're going to talk a little bit about this later in the series about hell. It's really important that we understand this about the last days. We're going to talk about that. And and the second judgment is called the judgment seat of Christ. That's the believers judgment. And a lot of Christians don't understand this. There's a lot of confusion or even people who are just not aware that Christians will be judged. So as followers of Christ, we're going to have an opportunity to receive rewards in heaven. And I can't tell you, it's going to be so exciting to stand before Jesus and to be be able to receive our rewards for how we lived our life on this earth. Now hear me church, salvation is free to all who trust in Jesus, but heaven will not be a place where everyone is treated equally. There are rewards in heaven. Now, I don't understand everything that the Bible teaches about rewards, but I do understand this when I read the Bible, that how we live our life on earth will determine the rewards we receive in heaven. The scripture says in Romans chapter 14, verse number 10, about the judgment seat of Christ, it says, you then, why do you judge your brothers? Or why do you look down on your brothers? For we will all, come on, everybody shout all. That's key. We will all stand before God's judgment seat. So check this out. Every single Christian will be judged at the judgment seat of Christ. And we will be rewarded for the life we lived on this earth. I mean, can you imagine standing before Jesus and he's handing out his rewards? Come on, I don't want a a bronze. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I want a 10. I I don't want to live a life that's a two. I I want Jesus to say, you lived your life for me. You honored me as he's judging, as he's looking. I don't want a one to be held up. I want my life to count for Jesus Christ. And the Bible goes on to say this in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse number 10. For we must all, that's the key word again. We must all appear before the judgment 
seat of Christ, that each one may receive what is due him for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. So here's what you have to catch today online. You got to catch this. Your life matters here on earth. What you do right now matters for all of of eternity. Let let me just help you today because here's what happens to a lot of people. A lot of Christians just think, well, you know what? I'm saved. I gave my life to Jesus. I'm a Christian. I'm going to heaven. All is good. I'm just going to chill out and relax. I'm going to heaven. And that kind of thinking causes people to live their life carelessly, very careless, just careless living on this earth. Did you realize that God didn't save you just for you to get saved by the hair of your chinny chin chin? Just I'm going to barely make it in. No, God created you on purpose. Listen, and for purpose. Hear me, hear me. There's a lot of Christians today that are living their life. Some are depressed that they have no purpose. They don't even know why they're here. They're just living life like it's just random, like maybe it's an accident that I'm here. No, God created you on purpose and for a purpose. And what you do now on this earth matters, not just now, not just for tomorrow. Catch this. This will blow the way that you think about life. What do you do today? Will not just impact your tomorrow, not just impact your today. It will impact your eternity. So it changes how you live your life when you realize I'm going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ. And God is going to give me rewards based on how I lived my life on this earth. What I want to do today, if you have your Bibles with you here, you have an app with your Bible on it, maybe at home you got your Bible with you, an app. I want you to go to me with me to first Corinthians chapter three. I'm going to spend the balance of our time, uh, a lot of our time here in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 for the remainder of this service. I want to unpack these verses for you. Here's what I want to do. These verses give us great insight to how we should live our lives because we're going to be judged. And it talks to us about the rewards of how, how to get rewards in heaven. I want to just unpack verse by verse by verse these, these verses here to help you learn how to live your life so that one day when you stand before God on that judgment day and God is handing out all of his rewards that you can be ready. And I hope today's teaching gets somebody living your life from a one to a 10, from a two to a 10, from a three to a 10. Come on in the chat line. Somebody write down 10. Come on. I want God's best for me. I want to honor God. I want my life to count on this earth. I want to live a life that pleases God and I want to get into eternity. And I want to get God's best for me in heaven. And the first thought is this, three truths about your building. Because the scripture says this, let me give it to you first in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. It says, the one who plants and the one who waters have one purpose. For they will, catch this, they will each be rewarded. It's verses like that that just just escape people's mind. They don't understand. They will be rewarded. According to their own labor, for we are co-workers in God's service. You are God's field. I want you to catch this. God's field, God's building. 
So as Christians, the Bible describes this kind of language that we're co-workers, we're co-laborers with Christ. That means God has a work for all of us to do. You're created on purpose and for purpose. And it says you are God's building. That's kind of interesting language. Interesting vernacular. You're, you're God's building. What does that mean? Am I a Marriott? Am I a Hilton? Am I a skyscraper? What are you talking about, God? Am I Cowboy Stadium or Lucas Oil Stadium in Indianapolis? What, what do you mean? Am I an old building, a modern building, building, a contemporary building? What do you mean I'm a building? Well, this First Corinthians chapter 3, as we just continue to unpack the, 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 the next verses, we're going to begin to understand that, that this picture, this, this imagery the scripture gives us helps us to understand how our lives count and what we do now matters not only for now, but all of eternity. We are a building. Let me give you three truths now. Three truths about your building. Number one is this. Everyone is building. Everyone is building a building. Every one of us. Let's look at the next verse. First Corinthians chapter three, verse 10 says, by the grace God has given me, I laid a foundation as a wise builder and someone else is building on it. But each one should build with care. So God has laid a foundation for all of our lives, the foundation of his son, Jesus Christ. And the Bible says that Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith, he is the foundation. But each one of us are building on that foundation. Every day, you're building. Every day, you're adding a brick. Every day, you're building on the foundation of Jesus Christ. Every day with your life, you're building. Every day with your actions, you're building the building. Every day with your words, with your motives, with your focus, with your time, with your talent, with your treasure, you are building a building. And here's what Jesus teaches us. Here's what the scripture teaches us. As Paul is inspired by the Holy Spirit and pins these words to the church at Corinth, he says this, build with care. You got to build with care because what you're building matters now and for all of eternity. Built with care. Your life is not random. God has purpose for your life. You made some mistakes, but you're not a mistake. God has purpose for why you're here. You've had some accidents, but you're not an accident. There is purpose on why you're here. There's an assignment that God has called you to accomplish. And the question we all have to ask ourselves is this. What are you building? Would you think about that for a few moments? What are you building? What kind of life are you building? Are you building for pleasure? Are you building for fame? Are you just building a life for power or for money? Are you building intentionally or unintentionally? Are you building for God or for yourself? Are you building for God's kingdom or your kingdom? Are you building for God's family or just for your family? What are you building? It's 
It's such a thought-provoking question to think about everything that I'm doing, every day I live. I am building a building, and I will stand before God and give account for what I'm building. Let's look a little deeper into this. Here's a second truth that I want you to see. Number two, everyone's building will be tested. Everyone's building will be tested. So whatever kind of building that you are building, it will be tested. The life that you are building will be tested. Notice this, notice this in the text. First Corinthians chapter three, verse 12. It says, if anyone builds on this foundation using gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hay, or straw, their work will be shown for what it is because the day will bring it to light. It will be revealed with Fire. The fire will test the quality of each person's work. So every part of our life we're building and the Bible says every part we're building, we're making a building and it will be tested. When we go before the judgment seat of Christ, God will inspect our building. You know, my my wife and I, we lived in an apartment when we first got married in Springfield, Missouri. And, and then from there, we, about a year or two later or so, we, we moved into our first house. It was a rental home. So we didn't buy the rental home, but we still wanted to make sure it was in good working condition. You know what I'm saying? And so got in the rental home and I, we love this rental home. It was right by the church that we attended. And, and, uh, I was traveling full time as an evangelist. Tiffany was finishing her college degree. And, and this home was a handicap accessible the person who lived there before us lived had a wheelchair, and we loved the home because, man, it was handicap accessible. The shower was as big as this stage. You know what I mean? Oh, it was, it was amazing. It was an awesome shower and missed that house. And then we decided, you know what, let's buy our own home. And so we, we found a home in Springfield, and we were buying our our first home and trying to figure it out in our early twenties about how to buy a home and what do you do? And, and one of the things that we did, like many of you do is we had a, we had a home inspector check out the home because how many of you realize that a home can look good and not be good? Anybody know what I'm talking about? Like some of our lives, you know what I'm saying? And had a home inspector go in and you thank God for home inspectors because they, they, they look and make sure the electrical is, is in place and, functioning properly and it can pass inspection and code and you have the structural and the plumbing and the roof and the attic and make sure the appliances are working well in the garage and the I mean just 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 inspecting the home and and, and what I love about home inspectors they go through it with a fine tooth comb anybody online or in the building ever not buy a home because it couldn't pass inspection. Anybody ever been there before? You know what I mean? Like, no, thank you. Keep your home in Jesus name. This thing looks pretty, but it ain't pretty. You know what I'm saying? Because the inspector helped you out. And the Bible says, check this out. We're building a building. We're building our own home. And one day we're going to stand before God and he is going to inspect our structural, our electrical, our plumbing, He's going to inspect our garage and the hidden addicts. He's going to, he's going to inspect so that he can reward us. And oftentimes we can forget that our God in heaven keeps watch. Proverbs chapter 15 verse 3 says this, the eyes of the Lord are everywhere. 
keeping watch on the wicked and the good. He's even watching today. He's checking us out now. And one day we're going to stand before him and we're going to give an account for everything that we're building. Job chapter 34, verse 21 says, for God watches how people live and he sees everything they do. And I think oftentimes we can kind of live thinking I'm just doing what I want. I mean, I'm a Christian. I'm going to heaven. I'm good. I I mean, how I've lived my life didn't really matter how I live. He's like, God watches. Proverbs 5, verse 21 says, for the Lord sees clearly what a man does, examining every path he takes, examining every action, every motive, every decision, every dollar, every second, every thought. Just a building inspector. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 13 says, nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him, uh, to, uh, of him to whom we must give an account. So the Bible says God sees all. God knows all. Come on, everybody shout all. I know right now somebody's like, ooh, I don't know if I want to keep watching online right now. I'm getting a little nervous. I'm not sharing this with you to make you nervous or to make you feel ashamed or to make you feel uncomfortable. And I know what some of you are thinking. You, Pastor, God sees everything. I mean, God saw me do that. He saw me cuss at them. He saw me look at that. He saw me do that. Like, yes, he did. God, God, God saw it. But can we just take about 10 seconds and thank God for grace and for mercy? Can we thank God for the blood of Jesus Christ? Can we thank God for, come on, somebody ought to thank God. I know I've done some stuff stuff that I'm glad for the blood. I've done some stuff I'm glad for grace. I'm, I'm thank God for mercy. Thank you for covering all my junk and all my filth and all my mess. Thank God for the blood. Of Jesus. But understand, grace and mercy and the blood of Jesus doesn't eliminate the fact that we're building a building. And one day we're going to give an account of what we built. God will test our building. So so Paul says, so Paul says to us, build with care. A lot of people are just like, like, how I live my life doesn't matter. I'm a Christian. I'm just going to heaven. No, no, no. Build with care. There's a judgment seat. What you're building matters now for all of eternity. You're going to be rewarded for what you build. I want you to see a, a third thing here. A third thing. Let's dive a little deeper into this. You will or will not be rewarded based on what you build. You will or will not be rewarded based on what you build. So I want you to understand what the Bible teaches. Heaven is going to be great for everybody, but it will not be the same for everybody. Now, I don't understand it all. I don't, I don't uh, pretend to understand all that's going to transpire in heaven. I'm not exactly sure how we're all going to be rewarded. But I am 100% sure that the Bible teaches that some will get to heaven and get no reward. And others are going to be rewarded. You know, the, some will get the gold. <laughs> some will get the, the silver. Some will get the bronze. Well, what I'm trying to describe to you is every Christian will go to heaven, but not every Christian will get the same reward. 
And the real question we have to understand now, because as I begin to understand this, I want to understand now what the Bible's talking about, because how I live now is impacting my eternity later. So let me understand now what the Bible is saying so that I can live my life in a way that I can get rewards later. I want us to understand this today. Let's dive a little deeper back into the text there in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 12. It says, if anyone builds on this foundation, that's the foundation of Christ, using gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hay, or straw, their work will be shown for what it is because the day will bring it to light. It will be revealed. Notice this. It will be revealed with fire. And the fire will test the quality of each person's work. If what has been built survives, the builder will receive a reward. If it is burned up, the builder will suffer loss, but will be saved. Even though only as one escaping through the flames, they're going to make it in by the hair of their chitty, chin, chin, but receive no rewards. The life we build will be tested. Is the life you're building combustible or incombustible? When tested with fire, what you're building, will it stand? And God shares the supplies that we all have to build with. So it's really, it's really some good news that we all have the same supplies to build with says some will build with gold, silver, costly stone, or wood, hay, and straw. So the materials that we all have to build with fall into two categories. Materials that burn up and materials that will pass the test of fire. The materials that burn up, the Bible says there, are wood, hay, and straw. And people who build their life, they're building their building with wood, hay, and straw. These are people who are building their building for themselves. They're building their building with just selfish ambition, just for earthly riches. They're building their building just for money or for power, for, for pleasure. They're building their building for just, just for, for fame, to be liked to be popular, to see how many likes they can get on social media. They're building their building to be a people pleaser. They're building their building by doing the right thing for all the wrong reasons. And there are Christians today who we look at their life and we think they're successful. We will look at some Christians today and think you're accomplished. You're great. You're awesome. But when their building is tested, it won't last. It will be burned up. This is not a judgment of salvation. This is a judgment of service. And the Bible says you got to be careful how you build. Because church, your life, what you do matters for all of eternity. And the Bible says what you're building will be tested with fire. And how sad to stand before the judgment seat of Christ. And you leverage your time, your talent, your treasure, 
just for you. And watch it burn up. Nobody ever told me. Nobody ever told me that, that how I live today. How I leverage my time and, and my talent and my trust. Nobody ever told me I was building a building. Nobody ever told me that how I go to work tomorrow. How I treat people. He will all Stand before God and be inspected. And the Bible says for some Christians, it's going to all burn up. And then the Bible gives us another list. And it says there are other Christians who are going to build with materials that will pass the test. Gold, silver, and costly stones. How I many you know you put some fire to this? It's going to last a whole lot. I mean, no, this is going to this, this will be okay. That this costly stone, this, this brick. And, and, and the question is, are you building your life with gold and silver and costly stone? Are you building your life with spiritual character? People who, who are building with gold and, and silver and costly stone are people of building their life with spiritual character. They're building their life with prayer. They're building their life with worship. They're building their life on the word of God. Listen, you can't read God's word once a month and build your life on the rock of the word of God. It's got to be in you. They're building their life on integrity. They're building their life on serving. They're building their life on soul winning. They're building their life on discipling other people. They're building their life on giving and giving their life away and their resources away. They're building their life for God's kingdom, not their kingdom. They're building for God's fame, not their fame. They're building for God's popularity, not their popularity. And the Bible says people who build like this, theirs will be tested with fire. But it won't, it won't burn. It will pass the test and they will be rewarded in heaven for the life they live on earth and there's not one earthly reward that can compare to the rewards of heaven. I don't care about the mansion you could get on earth that's 35,000 square feet where you can get lost. It won't compare to the rewards in heaven. I don't care the kind of car you could want. You might want a limousine, a Ferrari or you might you might want a Lamborghini. You think, well, if I could just get that, that would make me so happy. It can't compare to the rewards in heaven. It can't compare to your dream vacation all around the world. Oh, I can't wait. I just want a dream vacation. The rewards of earth cannot compare to the rewards you will get in heaven when God hands out his rewards. Are you building with care? Are you building for God's kingdom or your kingdom? Would you think about this with me for a moment? We all have time. How are you leveraging your time? You say, Pastor, man, I don't have time to come to church or to watch service online weekly. I just, I don't have time. I don't have time to pray. I know you've taught us about give God the first 15. I, I just don't have time for God. I don't have time to read his word. I, I don't have time to, to serve. I, I, don't have to, I, just, I just don't have time. And, and I just want you to just think about how you 
spend your time because if you do it in a way that is not about God and his kingdom, it'll be burned up. And I think when we look at our life, we think, I'll just do what I want. I'll go to church if I want. I'll pray if I want. I'll do what I want with my time. My time's my time. Like, no, you're, 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 you'll give an account. But what, what are you doing with your treasure? Are you honoring God? Are you a tither and give to dream builders? Do you, do you help the poor? Do you, do you look for an opportunity to say, God, I, I have a little extra so I can help somebody else out with their groceries. I, I can help the widow or the orphan or I can help the child in, in Haiti or I can, I can leverage my resources to help somebody who's hurting, who needs a blanket, who, who, who needs some medication. God, God, how are you leveraging your treasure? And I think sometimes we get our money, we get our stuff and we think this is, I just do what I want. God says, no, 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 no. One day you'll stand before me and I don't want all your stuff to burn up. I might burn myself up. But you got to hear your pastor. You'll give an account for what you do with your treasure. But what are you doing with your talent? We, we all have talents. All of us have talent. Are you trusting Jesus with your talents to say, God, God, you gave me a voice to sing. I know how to play an instrument. So I'm going to leverage my talent to build your kingdom. God, you gave me a passion and gifts for kids and, and for teenagers. And I'm going to leverage my talent to invest in them, to disciple the next generation. I'm going to invest in, in an after-school program to help kids with their education and to help more kids get their uh, high school diploma. I'm going to leverage my the talents that you've given me. God, you've given me talents for prison ministry. And I've got a passion for prison ministry ministry and I can help prisoners and I can be a part of Mabel Bassett. I can help them when they come out. How can I begin a program or a partner? What can we do to help people that get out of prison that they don't go right back because they can't get a job? How can we fill the gap? What can we do? God's touched somebody's heart for that. What can we do to be a blessing? How can I leverage my leadership gifts in my business that I own, in my management position? In the position that I have at the church, how can I leverage my, 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 my leadership to help my business and people in my, under my influence to actually know Jesus and to desire the things of God and to live a life of integrity? How do I steward the gifts that God's given me? God didn't give me all these gifts just for me. He gave me these gifts to make a difference. How, how, can, how can I leverage my gifts in a time for most people? It's the most difficult time in many people's life. With all that's happening in our world, health, race, economy, isolated, quarantined, lonely, hurting, mental health issues like crazy. And I'm believing God's going to touch hundreds of you. Hundreds of you say, Pastor, how can I make a difference in somebody's life? How can I help somebody in my church family that's hurting, that's isolated, that's alone? How can I be there for them? How can I care for them? How can I help pastor them? How can I help disciple them? How can I step in, pastor, and use my talents? We, we got a name called small groups, but the real issue is people that are hurting, that need hope, that need love, that need answers, that need a friend, that need somebody that'll be there for them. How will we leverage our talent to build God's kingdom? Because one day we're going to stand before God. And I don't want all of my talent, time, and treasure to burn up. Can I tell you what I want? I want to stand.
before God. I can't wait. I dream about this. I dream about this. I want to hear, God, I trusted you with my time, talent, and treasure. And I want to hear, well done, well done, well done. I put the one away. I put my two away. I got a 10 for you today. Well done, my good and faithful servant. Well done. Right now, I need somebody to do work with God at home. Don't sign off right now. I need you in this building at our other campuses to do work with God. Midwest City, do work with God. Indianapolis, do work with God. Would you start trusting him with your treasure? Would you start trusting him with your time? Would you start trusting him with your talent? How you live today is not going to just impact your tomorrow. It's going to impact your eternity. Would you say, God, I'm going to start building with care. Come on, let's sing this song right now. Somebody begin to trust God with it. Come on, somebody begin to say, God, I'm giving you my time. I'm giving you my talent. I'm giving you my treasure. What I do now matters for all of eternity. Come on, trust him. Trust him. him trust him, trust him, trust him. Come on, do business with God. Right there in your home, do business. What I do now matters. How I live now matters. How I treat people matters. How I spend my money matters. How I use my gifts matters. Trust him. Trust him. 